Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities Podcast. Today, we have a bit of an irregular show thanks to Reese. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Reese's car broke down on his way back uh, from a trip down to Southern Illinois. So we will actually be recording the podcast in different segments, uh, but you'll get to hear from both of us in this podcast. We'll just be doing it separately and kind of doing our own solo show. Uh, But today... We have a wide variety of exciting topics, kind of a news-packed week for the NFL. First, I'm going to be speaking on the rumors that Mitch Trubisky might have actually improved a lot this offseason. And then I'm going to be breaking down the new Patrick Mahomes contract. And then Reese is going to finish off the show talking a little bit more about the expectations on Khalil Mack and what he has to prove this season. But before we get into the show, I would like to point you guys to our Instagram at Chicago Bear Necessities. We are actually doing a giveaway, the first one of the podcast, and it's going to be announced on our Thursday show. The winner of that, it's a cool little bear shirt, uh, not too much. You get to pick out of three options, um, but kind of an exciting little opportunity for you guys. We like to give back to you guys as much as we can. You guys uh, are really dedicated in supporting us, and we appreciate that. And one little last snippet before we get into the show, I want to remind you guys that Nicholas Mariano of the Chicago Audible Podcast will actually be joining us on our Thursday show, breaking down the NFC North, kind of going through every team's changes and our opinions and predictions based on that. So with that, guys, thank you so much for joining. Once again, remember to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and just enjoy the show. Thank you, guys. Well, we are back with another episode of the Bear Necessities Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, Today, we have kind of an irregular podcast because of some location issues. Reese and I will be actually doing the podcast in different locations and doing different segments. So the first two topics I will be going through with you guys today. I am your host, Austin, and the first topic that we're going to be kind of breaking down today is that Mitchell Trubisky might actually be improving and I know that this is a surprise for all of us Bears fans fans who have yet to really see Mitchell Trubisky do anything other than play absolutely horrible in the times that we need him most however a post on Instagram from Mitchell Trubisky's physical therapist and training center spoke on some of his injuries last season and his current rehabilitation from those so the Instagram post talked about how Mitchell Trubisky he actually had some imbalances in his throwing shoulder. Now, may I remind you guys that this is actually an injury that lasted in his 2018 season. As last season, he actually was injured in his non-throwing shoulder. However, that possibly could have played into it as well. Uh, I'm not a physical therapist, so I don't know the exact details of that. But apparently, it was a bit imbalanced, and they helped him kind of fix some muscle imbalances. And now he's throwing the ball better than ever. Now, I don't know how much stock to put into this because I guess I don't, I'm not an expert by any means in sports injuries, but what I have to imagine is that having a throwing shoulder imbalance would possibly lead to less accuracy and possibly some accuracy problems. Now, I cannot say if this is going to significantly impact his accuracy this coming season. However, what I can say is there will probably be at least some sort of minimal impact from this rehabilitation, and hopefully it will help him uh, narrow down some of his inconsistencies and, and really just help him become a better passer of the ball, which we all know he needs to be if he wants to maintain that starting job as our starting quarterback. 
Now, this is not the first time that we heard of some sort of reemergence from Mitchell Trubisky, as previously on the podcast, we talked about how he was spotted working with an extremely high-quality quarterbacks coach uh, in the Chicago area that's very well-respected, Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo both have attributed a lot of their success to this trainer. I cannot think of his name uh, ever to save the life of me, but he, he's a very high-quality trainer, really well-respected in the NFL, and uh, specifically, he focuses a lot on footwork. Now, for a lot of you guys who don't know the game as uh, possibly in-depth or don't like to spend your time watching film or, or whatever that may be, footwork has a tendency to result in a lot of inconsistencies and particularly overthrows. Everything when you are a quarterback in the NFL affects your accuracy, so hammering down your footwork is just as important as making sure you have the correct you know, posture and throwing motion when it comes to consistency. As I mentioned earlier, overthrows one big issue with Mitchell Trubisky over the past couple seasons is he would rush that last step and he would end up launching the ball over the wide receiver. You didn't see him too often miss left or right. You didn't see him too often miss too short, but oftentimes you saw him launch the ball over the wide receiver. Why does this happen? It's because he kept rushing that last step. So theoretically, if this trainer does his job and he helps Mitchell Trubisky as much as he's helped other quarterbacks, he should help Mitchell Trubisky with his overthrows and ultimately result in a lot less inconsistencies in his throwing motion. Now, let me reel this back in by saying that this is all dependent on whether or not Mitchell Trubisky can actually take this practice onto the field. There's been many times in the past where Mitchell Trubisky has seemingly fixed one aspect or another, but as soon as he gets on field, we see that degrade down. Now, maybe we will actually see COVID help Mitchell Trubisky in this aspect this season. Whereas he's not going to have the same pressure that he would in a standard stadium because of there not being as many fans. So maybe the practice warrior in him will be able to transfer more over to the field than it was in previous seasons. If by some miracle, Mitchell Trubisky does get better and he can succeed, the Bears are going to be a much better team this year. And if you're not rooting for Mitchell Trubisky, what type of Bears fan are you? We have to hope that Mr. Trubisky turns out. And when we hear news like this, we have to be at least in some way delighted. Mitchell Trubisky is our best chance of winning a Super Bowl. Us winning a Super Bowl may or may not be dependent solely on the basis of if he's able to win the starting job because that means he mightily improved. If Mitchell Trubisky can't make the jump that we need him to, it's going to be unlikely we have any sort of Super Bowl hopes this coming season. Again, all of this, though, is currently hearsay. We currently have no reason to believe that Mitchell Trubisky will perform any other way than he has these past two seasons, being a mightily inconsistent yet sometimes flashy quarterback. That being said, we can at least rejoice in the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is at least attempting to perform better than he has these past couple of seasons. Now, however, let's move on to what could have been for the Bears and discuss Patrick Mahomes' 10-year, $503 million contract that he just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, there's a lot of details that have not came out on this. We don't know the exact uh, you know, guaranteed money. We don't know exactly how it's going to be distributed, but currently he is set to make an average of $50.3 million a year. 
congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. He's a stellar player. He deserves every single dime of that contract. But damn, Bears fans will have to consistently live in his shadow until we find our guy. This Mitchell Trubisky pick couldn't have went any worse for us. Patrick Mahomes in the past two seasons has won an MVP, got a Super Bowl, and now he signs this historical contract, which consistently makes the Bears look bad for picking Mitchell Trubisky over him. And I understand that, but let me make this clear. This was not Ryan Pace's fault. No one in their right minds would have drafted Mahomes at the number two position, and many people wouldn't have even drafted Watson. Trubisky was consistently regarded by quote-unquote experts as the top pick. If the Bears would have drafted Patrick Mahomes with that pick, they would have been mocked into oblivion far beyond what we were even with Trubisky. Now, you do have to attribute some blame to Ryan Pace that he wasn't able to, you know, see above the media experts or the NFL Network experts or any sort of other experts and he should have just, you know, bet on Patrick Mahomes' upside, which is what the Kansas City Chiefs ended up doing. That being said, though, even the Kansas City Chiefs acknowledged that Mitchell Trubisky was higher on their board than Patrick Mahomes, and they considered trading up for him. Saying that Ryan Pace was a fool for not drafting Mahomes is similar to saying that all 32 NFL teams were a fool for not drafting Tom Brady in the first round. Do I wish that the Bears drafted Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. 100%. He was the guy who I wanted us to draft on draft night. Did I want us to draft him at number two though? Hell no. I thought that he was probably going to be there in the high second round. I thought we could trade down for him or draft Jamal Adams and trade up to get him in the second round. People on Twitter who are mocking Ryan Pace for drafting Trubisky are completely operating in a level of hindsight bias. Of course, if Ryan Pace could go back Right now, he would draft Patrick Mahomes. So would all other 31 NFL teams who either A, didn't select him with their pick above the Kansas City Chiefs, and, or B, chose not to trade up. Every, every single team in the spot that Patrick Mahomes was picked could have traded something to get him. At the time, Ryan Pace made the best pick possible for the Chicago Bears, and that was going with the quote-unquote safe and uniformly agreed top quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. And do I really blame him? Not really. I can imagine as a young GM who was coming off of two drafts where he drafted purely speculative guys that you were just looking to get the best, most consistent possible quarterback in the draft. Now, what I think you can blame Ryan Pace for is deciding two things. One, to maintain John Fox that season when other options were available, like now a coach who has coached in the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan, who could have helped him guide him on a quarterback that he would have been able to develop more adequately than what John Fox could have. I think that if Mitchell Trubisky got a pairing with Kyle Shanahan, they would have been a stellar combo. Or maybe Kyle Shanahan could have possibly convinced Ryan Pace to take Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes over Mitchell Trubisky. That being said, I also blame Ryan Pace for deciding to draft a quarterback in that draft because it was pretty unanimously agreed that it was not a good quarterback draft class, which is kind of funny because now three pro bowlers and one all pro have now emerged from that draft. Ryan Pace definitely has some blame to accept as a GM. However, 
holding Mitchell Trubisky over him is a bit unfair when you consider the current circumstances in the NFL draft during that time. We can laugh at Ryan Pace all we want about his high picks as a GM early in his tenure, but the fact of the matter is that Ryan Pace has been a tremendous GM for the Chicago Bears, and since then he's built one of the best Bears rosters to ever touch a field. And it's comical to me at this point that there are some fans calling for his head. When you look at the Mitchell Trubisky pick, when you look at the Kevin White pick, when you look at the Leonard Floyd picks, they all occurred extremely early on in Ryan Pace's GM tenure. You need to remember that Ryan Pace was a very under-the-radar prospect. He was highly regarded as a scout, but we understood when we hired him as a GM that there might be a little bit of a learning curve, but we knew his potential was extremely high. Ryan Pace was a first-time GM for these first three picks. And since then, Ryan Pace has done a great job adding talent to this team. This is one of the most talented teams in the NFL currently outside of the quarterback position. Some may even argue that it is the most talented team outside of the quarterback position. Now, I'm not going to under I'm not going to undersell the importance of the quarterback position. It's a huge red flag and because of that it takes the Bears overall talent down a lot more than where it should be however if we are going to judge our current GM who has done a great job building our roster on picks he made over three years ago when since then he's done a great job picking and since then he's added so much talent to this team I mean two years ago we had 10 pro bowlers four all pros on this team we are operating on sunk costs no matter what we do we are not getting those picks back So what's the best move possible is to look at what GM is best for the Chicago Bears for the future. And in recent history, over the past three years, Ryan Pace has shown a commitment to improving his drafting, to making this team better, to not being afraid of change, hell, to even admitting his mistakes. This past offseason, not only did he acknowledge his mistake in Mitchell Trubisky by adding Nick Foles, but he also acknowledged his mistake in drafting Leonard Floyd by trading him in for Robert Quinn. There's not many GMs in the NFL that can do that. Ryan Pace is great at drafting the late rounds. He does a really good job in free agency. He is really honest with his internal evaluations of players' talent, and his last first-round pick for the Chicago Bears has been absolutely worth the pick in Roquan Smith and outside of that he traded two first round picks to get the Bears the best edge rusher in this past NFL generation but let me get back to Patrick Mahomes because that's what we're talking about Patrick Mahomes I really hope that he lives up to this contract however I am a bit concerned and I think that Kansas City Chiefs fans should be as well Mahomes is a great player don't get me wrong but everything is on him now. With a contract averaging $50 million a year, the Chiefs are going to have to surround him with a lot less talent. He's going to have to be the main show now. And hey, I love Patrick Mahomes as much as the next guy, but we all have to be real with our evaluations on Patrick Mahomes. And as much as he does a great job making these game-changing plays, he's also had a tremendous amount of really easy pass opportunities, many of which Mitchell Trubisky and Deshaun Watson have not had. $50.3 million is a very large sum of money for a player in the past two years who have been surrounded by two All-Pros in Travis Kelsey and Tariq Hill, and then also Sammy Watkins, and then for part of his career, Kareem Hunt. 
Now, I can't reiterate this enough. I'm a huge fan of Patrick Mahomes. I wish that the Bears were giving him this contract. That being said, we don't know for sure if he can do it completely on his own. And we have yet to see him do it completely on his own. I'm not doubting that he can grow into that mold. But I think sometimes we need to remember that everything in football comes with an opportunity cost. And a $50 million contract for 10 years is team altering. Patrick Mahomes won't be surrounded by a bunch of all pros and pro bowlers and his weaponry. He'll probably lose a bit of his offensive line as well. And beyond that, is Patrick Mahomes really $15 million better than Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson? I think you can even argue that both of those players are possibly better than him. I wish nothing but the best for Patrick Mahomes. I'm a huge fan for him, but these are the questions that you have to ask yourself when you're a team. This contract is likely the best thing to ever happen for the Kansas City Chiefs. But there is also a large possibility that it could possibly be one of the worst contracts they could put on their books. Football changes a lot, and we don't know the exact guaranteed money that Patrick Mahomes is going to be getting. And with how injuries are in the NFL, any team locking into a 10-year contract guaranteeing $50 million to a player down the line carries a risk in and of itself. The Kansas City Chiefs clearly made the right move by extending Patrick Mahomes, and they really weren't left any option but to give him a contract similar to this. He's off to a historical start to his career, and he's deserved of every single penny. That being said, football changes a lot, and it's going to be interesting to see how this contract plays out. I wish nothing but the best for Patrick Mahomes, and that's going to conclude my part of the show. I'm going to kick it over to Reese, who's going to be speaking a little bit more about Khalil Mack's expectations this coming season and what he has to prove for the Chicago Bears. Khalil Mack has already solidified himself as one of the NFL's best all-time edge rushers. So many might ask, what does he have to prove, and what does he have to prove in a Bears uniform? Well, not only has Mack been receiving a decent amount of criticism from the national media, or perhaps underrating him, not fully evaluating his abilities and what he's given to the Bears, he also has some more to prove in the Bears uniform, and even though he is clearly the most prominent and elite talent on this Bears defense, there's always that goal of reaching another level and another platform that I believe that Khalil Mack can rise to. Khalil Mack, in the coming year, I think should look to really bring this play, this defense to a place where it's never been before. And of course, that's quite an elite defense, uh, quite uh, a defense that has had quite a few Hall of Fame, quite a few legendary players over the years. But I think that Khalil Mack can really solidify his status by being an elite star on what is looking to be an elite defense in the coming year. You know, some of the best defenses of all time have gone out and won Super Bowls, and of course, that is the the high level that Cleo Mack should look to bring this team to. And of course, that's, that's a lot to pin on one player, and I don't think that with this current Bears roster, this current Bears team, we can necessarily expect that to happen. But, you know, as should be his goal and his aspirations is to not only su- uh, succeed himself, but to bring the level of defense up as well. And that's something that he has done over his first two years as a Bear. And even though the numbers went down last year, I, in fact, his his presence and his ability to uh, rush the quarterback and also have an impact on the run game as well gave free space a lot of one-on-one opportunities to a lot of other um, would-be pass rushers for the Bears so people like Roy Robertson Harris, uh, Hakeem Hicks when he was healthy who was also himself as a force 
And in this coming year, Robert Quinn may even free up a little bit more for Khalil Mack, but surely Khalil Mack is still going to get the majority of the double teams and it's going to free up Robert Quinn as well. But I do believe, with that being said, there's a lot made of Khalil Mack's decline in production, losing about four sacks. He had 12.5 sacks in his first year as a Bear last year, only got 8.5, did start the majority of more games, so Khalil Mack didn't have quite as much play time in his first year. But this, this past year, he saw the field just by every game, didn't have to deal with any injuries or anything. But I believe that his production can go up even more. I think this defense has gotten more talented and that only creates more opportunities because he's less and less the focal point, even though he's still definitely the best and most elite player on this defense. However, I think that where he can get some of this back is not only the strength of the people around him, but also maybe a little bit of self-motivation off of what's being said to him in the media. There was a lot in his last few years in... Oakland and his first year of the Bears a lot made of Aaron Donald versus Khalil Mack, who really is a superior defensive talent. And that kind of faded away a little bit. And this new era of pass rushers with Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, um, we've really seen a lot of the focus going on them as well. But I think Khalil Mack is going to be able to bring a lot of this national media spotlight by just raising and elevating his own play to that next level. And I think we're going to see a Khalil Mack this, this coming year that you know, we might not have even seen on Oakland. I think that Khalil Mack has a lot to prove in his career still and a lot to prove with this Bears team. I mean, this is a franchise that has, you know, put a lot of its success on defense. I mean, you know, we talk about week in, week out, me and Austin, that, you know, this isn't a team that's had spectacular offenses. Of course, we've had Walter Payton, but we've never really had a truly legendary quarterback. And so a lot of this team's you know, biggest stars have been on the defensive side of the ball. If it's Mike Singletary, if it's Dent, if it's Brian Urlacher, you know, you name it. There's so many. And, you know, a lot of the jerseys that are retired are, you know, defensive players, you know, Dick Buckus. You know, the, the list goes on. But I, I think Cleo Mack can really only solidify his own legacy with the Bears, you know, more in this coming year and really kind of make his print and kind of make his own statement about, you know, what his time with the Chicago Bears was and, you know, this is the first time in a while the Bears have had really any kind of chance or, or whiff of success, and Khalil Mack has to be a large part of that. Ever since he was traded to the Bears in 2017, um, in that you know very famous trade with the Oakland Raiders, I think that we've seen a lot of positive performances, and we've seen this defense take a, a large step up. Vic Fangio was doing wonders under the John Fox era with this defense and getting it to a place where it needed to be. But bringing in Khalil Mack was really kind of like the catalyst for the explosion and for the reaction that allowed this this Bears team to really propel itself into elite status and kind of a, a defense we expect to be at least top 10, you know, in in this naggy era. So I, I think that, you know, we could really see, see Khalil Mack and not only improve his performance, but improve the defense's performance. And we're just going to have to see how that plays out with the Bears as a whole, I mean, last year the defense was not a huge issue, but you know, players like Khalil Mack were getting tired because the offense was putting them in some pretty precarious situations quite often, and they were on the field. It seemed like all games sometimes, so that really needs to change. There's a lot on the offensive side of the ball that needs to happen too. It's even gonna let this defense take a huge step up. So, yeah, I mean, Khalil Mack, um, already a Bears legend, but 
he can only really solidify that status more in this year and you know really make this defense something to be feared even more in this coming season. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode. We understand that this was another little bit uh, unconventional episode for the Bear Necessities podcast. There's been a little bit of difficulties, but we're really working. I bring you guys episodes every Monday and Thursday. Um, right now, you're going to be hearing this episode probably either Monday night or Tuesday morning. It's a little bit of a later upload, and we apologize for that. But you can start expecting our episodes to come out probably uh, Monday morning, probably around 12 p.m., or uh, maybe even in the morning earlier. Reese and I are both really excited about increasing our uploads. Um, and right now, we're doing a lot of the work to prepare for that bigger haul. All of you guys who are listening right now, listen, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you are listening on. It helps us out tremendously. It helps our rankings. Um, it's going to help us in the future, get better equipment for you guys. It's going to be huge for us. Right now, Reese and I are completely funding this with our own money, paying for the podcasting equipment, platform, everything. And hey, we can only give as much as we can currently. We want to increase the quality of our content for our consumers. So just leaving us a little rating interview takes probably 10 seconds. Even if you can only give us a five-star rating and you can't type out a review, we're more than happy for that but typing out a review does the best job for us and again make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for whenever we upload and guys don't worry uh, we know this is a shorter episode and we apologize for that we're going to be returning to the strict about 45 minutes to an hour episode time with our wednesday podcast and then again consistent upload schedule for the first time in bare necessities history thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy the rest of your day bear down